0: In 20 years of helping growing brands launch, change, and evolve, Blake Howard has found a simple answer for success. Brands must be radical with a unique differentiation that makes them stand out in the marketplace and relevant by offering something compelling to their audiences. The foreword of the book is written by branding expert, Alina Wheeler, who says that having worked with hundreds of organizations from Fortune 100 companies to startups and nonprofits, I believe the biggest universal challenge is getting the C-suite on the same page regarding brand strategy, execution, and capital investment good news radically relevant is the go-to guide you've been looking for so this of course was from blake howard's book radically relevant if you didn't get in the beginning there and joining me to discuss today is rachel studebaker so rachel welcome tell the folks a bit about yourself hello
1: hi mickey and audience thank you so much for having me on your show Uh, my name is rachel studebaker i am the founder of studebaker design company and i consider myself an artist a brand designer and strategist helping companies show up uh in their industry more relevantly honestly i this book nice. is such a great guide and a huge thing to re- relate to uh based on the things i'm trying to work on every day
0: awesome now i want to get your overall thoughts um on the book in a second here my first one is kind of a meta overall thought is that this book isn't available on kindle which kind of bothered me until i actually got the book and realized it would be impossible to have this on kindle it's easily the best design book i've ever read like every single page had serious design from Blake and given who he is and his company, that's not a surprise, but it kind of threw me off because I much prefer Kindle, but this book just literally couldn't be on Kindle, which shocked me, but it was, it was beautiful. So that was kind of a, a meta look at it. But What did you really take away from the book? What were some of your overall thoughts?
1: Uh, well, I can agree with you. This is a beautifully designed book and um, I always prefer physical books. So I was happy to buy it. Um, the book itself was so useful. A lot of really great thoughts. Um, I'm coming at it as a designer and somebody that is involved in branding. So I'm a little bit biased in in taking this information and trying to learn more from it. But I think it's so useful as a business owner and somebody who's not in branding because Blake Howard does a really great job of distilling all of these concepts into like a uh, relatable and uh, jargon free approach i guess and so like even the examples he uses of other brands in the books and saying like he has disney and netflix and comcast these big brands that we all have some kind of relationship with um he's not sharing this typical information of like they have good branding because it's clean and modern or whatever it is he's relating it to their positioning and the way that you feel and these stories that you walk away having been a customer with this brand or being an outsider of that brand does that make sense
0: it does yeah yeah that was that was fantastic yeah i love you mentioned like he was yeah he he goes different directions than you would expect he goes a little more straightforward where a lot of books get a little amorphous and kind of give you general tips he kind of digs right in and tells you here's what you need to do and here's how we do it i love one thing i noticed in the book a lot of people like him that write a book kind of say at my company over at my firm and they kind of make it kind of grayed out he's like no at matchstick his company we do this and at matchstick we do that he didn't why bother hiding that like here's what we do at our agency and here's why it matters I love he was just very outgoing with that which I don't understand why more people aren't but it seems most people kind of hide that and he was proud of it too which he should be matchstick is a fantastic company so
1: I I think that's a good point in the fact that he he's almost taking away that humility right I think by being Mm -hmm. relevant and bold in what he's saying like it's making sure that he's a part of the conversation, which is what we're all trying to do with our businesses. We want to be remembered and we wanna be uh, referenced as often as possible. Um, But I I loved even his example of um, getting asked that question of what do you do? Those Mm -hmm. five words of like the (laughs) importance and being ready to like answer it and then being able to answer it in such a way that make people remember you and understand what you're doing. I think that's the hardest part as business owners is Making sure that it is clear and digestible because we are so far into our work or we are working with people who already know what we're doing that when you talk to an outsider, you think that they're going to get what you're doing, but they don't. And I think with Radically Reve- Relevant, this book helps you find different ways to present what you're doing in a way that they can walk away and say, this is what they do.
0: Yep. And, it's, and it's this is who they are. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say my favorite quote from the book is a short one he had. He said, it's a mistake to sacrifice (laughs) quality. It's a mistake to sacrifice clarity on the altar of distinction. And I see that too often where people either think their brand is the mark, which is not the the thing you draw, the little logo is not your brand. But then also people want to be different for difference's sake. And that's not good either. You know, he's saying clarity Mm -hmm. comes first. And if you can do that, that's great. But some, so many people try to be distinct that they lose clarity. And like you said, they don't really understand what the brand is anymore. And that's. Not helpful for anyone either. Absolutely, I love that he I does that. that. Um, so he talks through related to that is the stages of brand growth. He talks through the five stages of brand growth, and again, if you think branding is a logo, this doesn't make any sense until you guys brand is is the brand, it's the company. So he talks about the five stages of pioneer, challenger, established, legacy, and dying. And I thought it was a. Interesting way to look at it, and he kind of got pretty deep on most of those. But pioneers, we're just kind of starting up, improving, and testing. Challengers, where you're kind of getting things going. You have some new services and offerings, and trying to get there established is when you become the leader in many ways. I think. That's some of the brands you mentioned the other half would be legacy where the good old days are behind them but they're not quite forgotten you know the brands you mentioned people will know about in 50 years still even if they go away tomorrow just because they're so established and then dying brands you know some you have to adopt keep up or you know he says it's time for a hail mary or an exit you got to figure out which way you want to go if brands get tired so it do you, do you see that kind of growth in the brands you work with kind of working through some of those stages i think i feel like you do a lot of pioneer kind of help people get get their initial branding off the ground
1: it's true. I I really enjoy working with brands that are in the pioneer or the challenger stage because they I think that's when we come to the table with a lot of energy and mm-hmm. um, still a little bit of that like day, daydreaming sense. <laughs> um, but then like, I also love following the rebrands of bigger companies that are in that established or legacy uh, stage and it's so important because you're reinstilling that life, I think, into these established brands to say like, no, we're still relevant. We're still radical in order to avoid becoming a dying brand. Right.
0: Right. Awesome. Yeah. That, that can make a big difference for sure. And and some of them, they try to become more radical and relevant to prevent dying and it sort of kills them off. Anyhow, if they do a poor job, so it's a a dangerous place when you become legacy and you need to try to rebuild, you got to take some risks and it can, it can go both ways. Um, He mentioned, (laughs) and you've mentioned a few times, you know, the book is radically relevant so he kind of defined it just to make sure we're clear what we're talking about here. Radical is unique and differentiated within their space. So again, not being just crazy, but within the space you're in being different and then relevant, being relatable and valuable to the audience, which I think you talked about a little bit already. And so he gives six tips for that as well to become radically relevant. So we'll start with just the radical side, which is clarity, distinction, and control, which offhand don't seem radical, but the ability to be clearly and easily understood, dramatically stand out for your competition and produce consistent communications and experiences. I think. I think one, that is kind of radical in that so many brands don't do that. They aren't clear. They aren't in control. But the distinction is, I think, the one that seems most radical to me, where you said the ability to dramatically stand out from your direct competitors. So how do you see a brand doing that? How, how can brands become more distinct?
1: Mm. I think so much of it comes back to courage and authenticity, and, and Blake Howard references that courage often. Um, but any business and any owner, like everybody can come to the table with – This unique background and this unique story and this unique vision. But I think in order to fit in, we're often encouraged to not stand out too much. Mm -hmm. And so that like walking that sweet line of fitting in and being accepted while still standing out and being radical is a challenge. And I think in a way you kind of have to you have to embrace what your secret powers are your superpowers or your secret sauce you have to be able to wave this freak flag and say (laughs) no we're doing it a little bit differently and here's why and trust that there are other people out in the world that say i need that i want that
0: gotcha well said yeah it is interesting to me that under the radical subgroup here he has distinction which is radical but also clarity you know to be radical you still have to be clear and easily understood so you can't can't skip those so his super six, yes. a radical is clarity, distinction, and control. And then for relevant is attraction, devotion, and alignment. So attraction, you know, the ability to draw in new and hopefully ideal audiences, devotion, consistently deliver on your promises and alignment, the ability for everyone in your organization to be in sync on your brand story and values. So yeah, tell me, tell me your thoughts on, on being relevant versus just radical about attraction and devotion and alignment.
1: Well, what I loved in his presentation of being relevant is, is- clear point of saying it is not personal and to to have that devotion and that clarity like you have to consider the attitudes beliefs and the values of both your company and then your audience and finding that that middle ground to say we both uh, like love the same thing. We need the same thing. Um, he talks a lot about uh, emotional needs and functional needs. And that's when we start to think of these companies and the the products or services that they have. And that's when they become relevant, right? We say you are fulfilling this need, but in order to choose one company or another, which is where branding becomes important, uh, that's where you're looking at the attitudes and beliefs and values right. to find well, that so. distinction.
0: Yep, and, and those attitudes, beliefs, and values are part of your brand. Again, I want to mm-hmm. emphasize this enough that branding is not, not just the pretty things, you know, which that certainly helps, but it's, yeah, the things behind it that stand out, stand out so much. You mentioned early on your perspective on reading this book and how it affected you. Who do you think this book is really for? Who should run out and get it today and who should maybe not worry about it as much?
1: Oh, I'd be so curious to hear your thoughts on this because, you know, it's sort of one of those how to help books where you can do it on your own. If you're able to like, understand what they're trying to present in this book. But in the end, hopefully you're still going and like, working with Matchstick or another brand designer that can say, uh, here's what you think you know about your brand <laughs> and here's what we actually see. Um, because I think that's the challenge is we're so close to our projects that it is personal and it is it is hard to make sure that we are presenting it to the outsiders in a way that is relevant to them. So I do think it's for say like business owners and entrepreneurs, but it's really only a stepping stone to collaborating with other people who have this skill set to make you radical and relevant.
0: Gotcha. I like that. Yeah. I kind of I see it kind of the same way. Because what's interesting here is we're talking about branding so much but the book is not about designing like i can't i can help with branding but i cannot help with the design aspect and that's not what he's talking about here anyhow because when you say he'll walk you through the brand he will to a degree but you still need to hire a professional like a matchstick or like you to actually help with the design elements and make them cohesive with what they're supposed to mean behind the scenes but it kind of goes back to even things like story brand just figuring out who your audience is and what matters to them and what sets you apart from others and just kind of figuring out really who you are and what people should think about when they see your brand when they see your logo you know the logo is just a logo you know we see like the nike swoosh is just a little dippy swoosh and that's not a thing but when you see it you don't think of that you think of sweat and power and muscles and the things they've helped you get over the years and that's really what your brand should do as well is whoever helped design the little the little swoosh for you which could be a big deal what what is going to stand behind it And i think that applies to most everyone but i think like you said business owners i think any business owner really could get Get some good information out of this book because it's not about design you know a design mm-hmm. book i read some but i'm just not good at coming up with creative designs so it doesn't help me a lot but this is not what this is this is coming up with what's behind the design which really should be the answer to almost anything you design what's really going on behind it behind your website where are people guiding to you behind the logo behind anything and this is a good good look at that
1: yeah i couldn't agree more because i think it, it's really the the notes i was taking throughout this book was how I could reframe or reposition myself and my company to make it hmm. like to communicate differently to my audience. And so I think anybody who's looking for a little bit of insight on that, this book would be really helpful for them.
0: Yeah, Have you made any changes to how you communicate as a company because of this yet?
1: I, I think so. Maybe not in the tangible, Assets that I have, like my website or anything like that, but uh, definitely with every conversation I'm having with somebody, it's I'm testing new ways. Thanks to some of the um, the like light bulb moments that I had through this book. Um, I, I mean, even just a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a realization that when I thought I was avoiding jargon and being so clear in my messaging, just in a conversation like around the coffee pot with somebody, I still was using jargon and everybody was just having to like fill in the blanks and assume, I was assuming that they knew what I was doing. But in the end, I think it's the best practice is to assume nobody knows what you're doing and why you're doing it.
0: Agreed, it's a tricky line though, because you don't want to talk down to someone like here's what I mean with that, like if they already know, so it is certainly a balance, but yeah, I tend to err toward Overexplain explain a little bit. You know, I'm big about that. Whenever I write an acronym in a blog post, I make sure to spell it out the first time. So even something like SEO, you know, search engine optimization, I've said it a million times that someone reading it may have no idea what that stands for. And so many yes. acronyms now, because there's so many, they mean two or three different things depending on who's saying the acronym. It'd be the same three letters, but it means very different things in different cases. So yeah, it can make a big difference there. Um, anything How about, you about- for yourself? Oh. Did, you,
1: did you take away anything from the book and, and- Take any action um, for your own business after reading this?
0: I don't think I took any action, but it helped solidify and helps me push a little harder on clarity. Again, I love that it's a mistake to sacrifice clarity on the altar of distinction. I've used that line with clients a few times now because they'll want to do something crazy to be different and it makes things less clear and it's like, yeah, it can be different, but but why? You know. I think it helps me just more appreciate the whys that I ask folks. Like um, it wasn't specifically mentioned in the book, but animation is one where clients will come and say, we want animation on the website. I'll say, okay, well, why do you want animation on the website? And I'll give them three reasons. I'll say that you can be an impact animation, you know, to kind of really blow people's mind when they get there, a focus animation to draw people's eyes to a specific thing, or an interaction animation where when they click on something, it does something. Like, let's accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. If it's not one of those three, if you just want animations flowing down the page, like, you're going to be drawing people's eye everywhere and not really thinking through what you're doing. So, again, it's very distinctive. If your website animates all over the place is distinctive, but you've destroyed clarity. So yeah, sacrificing clarity on the altar of distinction is, is problematic for a lot of folks. And this has helped me just be more firm about that. I think
1: that's wonderful. That's a great example too.
0: All right. So Rachel, is there anything that you do to help companies stand out and be more radical or the things that you've taken in this book to actually literally help clients do?
1: I think the best starting point is to consider the story and the details that are behind the brand and those visual elements that we so often think a company is um, considering those differentiators and what makes one company more useful or more fun or whatever it might be compared to their competitor.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of that with messaging work. But yeah, messaging and branding, all this stuff ties together so, so closely. Like I consider we do messaging, but it kind of falls under our branding section of the website process because there's written branding and visual branding. And they need to go hand in hand. And so yeah, this kind of helps helps tie those together, I think, because his book really feels a lot like the written branding kind of thing. But of course, it all ties back to, to how you present yourself. So it's a, a good, good way to blend the two of those.
1: Yes. I mean, branding and business and marketing, they all overlap and overflow and they have to be connected. And I think sometimes that's hard for somebody that considers herself a brander. I can do anything. <laughs> uh, when it comes to brand design, it's like, well, what do you what do you need? Because it could be on the web and it could be digital or it could be print or it could be, I don't know, more temporary. It's, It's literally everything. It's just a matter of what the purpose is and and how we can have fun with
0: it. Yep, agreed. Very cool. Well, yeah, so I think we both agree that you should go out, whoever's listening, is, go out and buy his book, and you'll have to buy it from his website and they'll ship it off, and it's only a, a physical copy. You can't get it on Kindle. And again, you don't want it on Kindle even if they did. It's, it's fantastic, and you'll have a beautiful book to show off to people and hopefully learn some stuff from. So, Rachel, this has been fantastic. Um, how can people find you online and learn more about you?
1: Yes, thank you for this. Um, they can find me at studebakerdesignco.com dot com or on Instagram at Design Co. Awesome. and on LinkedIn at the same way.
0: Cool. Where are you most active? Instagram.
1: I'm definitely most active on Instagram.
0: Yeah, and I'm the opposite, so I'm on both as well. But you find me on LinkedIn, so yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Mickey.